0: Welcome to the Victorian, a show about the Victoria's tabletop role-playing game. steampunk adventure in the age of super mankind.
1: Welcome everybody to the 11th episode of the Crusader Podcast. We're excited tonight because we have a few guests in the house. We have Liz and Mike Stewart from the Save for Half podcast, and they're here to talk to us about their involvement in CNC and also the Victorious RPG. So, welcome to the Crusader podcast, guys.
2: Thank you for having us. Good to be here.
1: Yay! <laughs> it's so exciting. <laughs> well, again, thanks for being on, and I just wanted to say that uh, I've always been a fan of your guys' podcasts uh, when you were on Save for Die with DM Jim, and then now Save for Half also was the first podcast that got me into gaming podcasts and thanks for putting all that great content out
3: there
2: oh thank you that's um it's always really awesome to hear other people talk about how much of an impact cast made on them because i usually go into these things there's maybe five people listening and one of them is my mom and (laughs) (laughs) so it's always kind of amazing when you know people will come up and say oh i love your show it's like wow you listen you know
1: And you guys have been at it for a while, right? Um, When did you start podcasting? Yeah,
3: nine years ago.
1: I didn't even know what a podcast was nine years ago.
2: I I barely knew what a podcast was nine years ago. (laughs) Yeah, I... I,
0: I have to say I have the same experience as Jesse. I, I came to podcasts as a listener because of Save or Die, because I was so into classic D&D, and I found out that there was a podcast about this specific interest of mine. And so uh, it's the thing that got me into podcasts as well and uh, really more involved in the OSR than I had been previously.
3: Well, if you'll just tell us that that's what inspired you to do Discos and Dragons, I'll be a happy man.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely it was, without Screw. a doubt. I would have never read the Holmes book if I had not been listening to Save or Die. Excellent.
3: Of course, you realize now it is the superior version of basic D&D. <laughs>
0: yeah, good answer, Mike. <laughs> it's it's close. <laughs> <laughs>
3: e- even, even if it has puppy cobalts,
2: Especially because it has puppy cobalt. <laughs> But enough about our other podcasts. This is about the Crusader podcast. And I do want to say I am so thrilled that you guys decided to do this because CNC has needed a podcast for years and years. So this is utterly awesome. Keep going.
1: Thank you. Awesome. So you guys have had a a storied history with CNC. You've been in it since pretty much the beginning. Is that right?
3: Mm -hmm. Back in, I think it was early 2002 when Steve controller games came over to dragonsfoot.org and said, Hey guys, we're thinking about creating an RPG that, you know, harkens back to the classic days of, you know, seventies and eighties D a slash D and D. What do you think? Want to come play test? And we're like, Ooh, Ooh, us, us, pick us, pick us. <laughs> pick me, pick me. <laughs> but yeah, uh, we got in there. Um, I did some contributing on pretty much all three books. Um, I came up with the night class. Like Cavaliers, but I always felt they were a bit too overpowered. And you can thank me for green slimes and giant ticks.
0: Giant ticks? Ah, oh, goodness. Giant ticks. <laughs>
3: yes.
0: You are a southern Falling boy. Falling from
3: the ceiling <laughs> Feeling like giant blood-sucking confetti. <laughs> yeah, thanks for that, Mike.
2: Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, thank you. <laughs>
3: This has D- has PTSD from from various giant sized arachnids such as giant ticks, giant spiders, and especially giant centipedes.
2: Yeah, our um,
3: characters have bad luck.
2: <laughs> now, I don't know what it is, but like one quarter hit die creatures, I will roll horribly when I'm trying to fight them, and they will kill me. And
3: <laughs> hitting throws always fail. You know.
2: Yes.
1: That's always how it is, though. It's, it's never the big monster that gets the party. It's always the little guys.
2: Yeah, little, the, in- little
3: guys. Yep.
2: the incredibly embarrassing story. It's like, yes, I was killed by a one-quarter-hit-die creature.
3: <laughs> but
1: admittedly, no. in real life, a giant tick would be terrifying.
2: Yeah,
3: yeah, I mean, even the size of a terrier, that's still pretty, pretty horrific.
1: Right. <laughs> and, uh, Mike, you wrote a few adventure modules also.
3: Uh, I wrote U1, Shadows of the Halfling Hall and either U2 or U3 depending on when you catch the numbering uh, Verdant Rage
1: I've played Shadows of the Halfling Hall and I loved it, that was a great module it's it's short enough that you can cram it into a few sessions if you want to, you can spread it out um, yeah, it's great
3: uh, I I've gotten a lot of good reception from that module and it's it was it's always hardest to make intro modules because I always feel like not only do you have to make a fun adventure, which is difficult at any time, but when you're writing an intro adventure that's first to third level, you always feel like it's likely that you're going to be dealing with people completely new to the game system. So you want to put a little bit of everything in there to kind of show the system off. That of course, but you want, you know, a little a little bit of puzzles, a little mystery, a little inter- social interaction, just a little bit of everything. And I love Undead, as you might have
1: noticed. <laughs> <laughs> I guess there's some extra pressure, too, because you could theoretically have people that have never played before running a, an intro adventure like that. And those right. are some of the adventures people always remember their first few adventures.
3: Uh, the old, uh, you know, B1, B2. Absolutely. You know, the, the first things.
0: I remember my very first adventure, and it was just my dad having us fight a giant slug. <laughs> so it just it just sticks out in your head for whatever reason. But yeah, uh, it is kind of a, a tightrope walk when you make something for um, uh, introduction because, and I think sitting it in a town is really smart. But then. Sitting also in a halfling town (laughs) where (laughs) you're doubly, oh, we're just in in a halfling town.
3: (laughs) Right. And I've I've had so many parties go, oh, we're going to a halfling village. Let's just go right through it. Nothing interesting ever happens here. Oh, really? (laughs) See what we can do about that.
0: (laughs) Plot can kill you anywhere. (laughs)
3: Yes. And actually, one of the NPCs, Miran Fireheel, is a cameo by one of Liz's characters.
0: Cool.
1: Maybe I'll have to run that at Gamehole Con. I've been running the same um, "Keep on the Borderlands," uh, my own adventure, and "Assault on Blacktooth Ridge" over and over again. So I'm ready for something new. And I just ran uh, "Shadows of the Halfling Hall" a few months ago for my family, and they all liked it. So maybe I'll do that for Gamehole Con.
3: Very cool. cool. That that's. That would be really cool. Although I will say, Steve told me that the Halfling Hall is the only adventure in group at home walked out of in the middle of it and just left the area. Really? He told me why, but it's like they just walked out. It was like, okay, that's whether to take that as a compliment or. <laughs>
0: They, I guess they were like, "What are the stakes here? A halfling village? All right, let's book." <laughs> I forget it.
3: Yeah, I'm <laughs> these... <laughs> sure Davis
1: was
0: behind that. He Who he cares if he... these halflings die?
1: <laughs> yeah, Carl, Carl and I played Davis. with some of those guys, and it—I mean, it makes sense. <laughs> if they were going to walk away. <laughs> they would.
3: Actually, yeah. Davis, since he hates halflings, so the way I hate gnomes, so you
1: know. Well, Davis hates gnomes quite a bit too. He, he? he seemed. Oh yeah. He seems to hate a lot of things. But he
3: He's... wrote the slack heap, which is nothing but gnomes. He's full of anger. I don't know. <laughs> oh. Well, they were all killed and enslaved, so maybe that had something to do with it. Come <laughs> to think of it, maybe there's a point there. I don't know. But anyway, glad you had a good time. Uh, if you do run it, do let me know how it goes at GaryCon.
1: Certainly will. Okay, anything else you guys want to talk about with CNC?
2: Oh, well. I didn't write anything for c but for a little while I was um, doing the layout and direction for the Crusader um, magazine uh, back when Jim Ward was the big editor. And so I took my marching orders from him and uh, I started with issue eight and I want to say my last issue was maybe issue number 25, 24, 25, somewhere in there. Um,
3: Shortly before it went away, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, that's the the magazine we stole our name from.
3: <laughs> yeah. now, Excellent choice. Well, they're not using it.
1: Liz, Liz did put, <laughs> when I was sourcing names, Liz did mention the Crusader, so I, I took that as it was okay to steal it.
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs>
3: right. They're not using it, so hey, why not?
1: They need to bring that back, though. I think a lot of people would love
3: that. Yeah, I mean, it, with print-on-demand services, it shouldn't be a problem those who want a hard copy
0: sure yeah
1: and that's interesting because you don't really hear much about uh magazines and stuff you always hear about game design you always hear about writing and everything like that but you really don't hear about the layout work like you were doing or um just that whole part of the hobby at all so i think that stuff's really interesting
2: yeah, oh, well, everyone knows graphic designers are such rock stars. <laughs> we're, we're like the drummers in a band. It's like, who's that again? You know?
1: <laughs> yeah, layout, layout people and edit, editors don't get enough credit.
3: <laughs> well, credit where credit's due department, Liz did come up with the covers for the Victorious supplements when they came out with those second front runs after the Kickstarter. She did the covers for all those.
2: That is true. So the covers that came after the orange ones, thank you, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Steve but the ones orange. that have the he does like orange. Um, so yeah, the covers that have the pseudo parchment background and all of the typography, you know, stuff going on with them. It's like those are all designed by me. <laughs> That's
1: very cool. You, how many products do you have? Do you have out for Victorious now?
3: Well, the same number that, has ca- that came out in the Kickstarter. I've been trying to move on an adventure kind of supplement book called Evil in the White City. is based in the 1893 World Columbian Exposition in Chicago. We're finally starting to get moving on it. Liz is doing the first PDF layout right now, and it should be out soon.
0: Can you uh, just talk a little bit about what Victorious is, the process of its creation, the elevator pitch for the game?
3: Tagline, steampunk adventure in the age of supermankind, or to put it more simply, steampunk superheroes. As for its development, it's all Liz's fault.
2: I knew it. Called it.
3: (laughs) An opportunity to say. (laughs) It actually came out of a, a another superhero game, a Champions game, to believe it or not, where some of her characters and some others were mysteriously transported to the Victorian era and didn't know how or why and how to get back, and it wasn't quite their Victorian era because it had steampunk and Sherlock Holmes and Count Dracula, et cetera, et cetera.
2: All the so became- all the individuals that we thought were literary creations. Mm-hmm. Um, in you know the place that we were taken to, they were actual people. So, be a fun little game that we started.
3: Of course, by the virtue of having to stay there, they're changing time, they're changing science. You know, all sorts of fun things can be thrown in. Then I had asked Steve, you know, do you still do you plan to do like Dragon Magazine you used to do back in the day, and sometimes publish like twelve to fifteen page little mini rpgs as part of the magazine i gave him the idea and he goes well i'll just make a whole game out of it uh okay (laughs) there were many and sundry hurdles (laughs) many
2: many hurdles
3: (laughs) hurdles on the other hand it was 10 years of development so you know it came out and it seems to have been very well received Um, we've done several adventures that are free downloads and we've got a couple other irons in the fire for victorious adventures with other companies at the moment, but I won't go into that much because that's still kind of up in the air, but the PDFs of each of the four main adventures from evil in the white city will be coming out over the next few months. No, that's awesome. Once they're all out, the, It'll be put together as an actual full supplement with a historical background to Victorian Chicago, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and a few other bells and whistles for actual print publication. You mentioned those free downloads, those are on your website?
2: Yeah, victoriousrpg.com.
3: There's the original introductory adventure, uh, hide and seek, that came in the rulebook. The other free ones, clockwork crimes, and nights before Christmas.
2: And we've also got a link to an adventure called A World Gone Mad, which was one that the Gagman podcast a few years back um, put together. may not be familiar with how they did things. They kind of built an adventure sort of free form as they were recording the episode. And Mike and I were guests on that episode and sort of, threw in a bunch of ideas in a pile and they went and created an adventure based on it. And it takes place in an asylum in the Victorian era and can be pretty creepy and dark in places. A but Victorian it, is av- oh, cool. it is It is available through drive through and it is pay what you want. So you don't have to pay anything for it if you don't want to. And we've got the <laughs> link on our website as well.
0: So can you give us an example of what a Victorian superhero might look like? Like if a character that one of you has created in the system uh, just for people who, I mean uh, listening at home that are may not be familiar with uh, these concepts as intimately as you are.
3: First, let me say it uses the siege engine like Souls Crusades and amazing adventures and star siege, et cetera. And we have frequently, allowed people to bring CNC characters into some games at conventions. Never had any problems.
0: That's cool. <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: And superheroes, you wanna have a fighter, wizard, an elf? Why not? Makes as much sense as anything else. Go ahead. Actual character, I'll pass that to Liz. She has a lot of character. Oh thanks. <laughs> What's this A you can pass?
2: Yes, thank you. I'll go buy something. <laughs> what would a character look like? Uh, do you mean as far as, you know, describing what would make? No, a- sorry.
0: That was poor warning. I mean, like, uh, just, you know, like you would, like, tell me about your D&D character, except your victorious character instead.
2: I
3: just- <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Never say that to a gamer. <laughs> oh,
2: I hope you're willing to have this episode go on for another two or three hours.
3: (laughs) All sitting comfortably.
2: I have a lot of characters. No, um, but I, I do have a whole bunch of different characters, depending on what I feel like playing. They run the entire gamut. You can build just about any kind of superhero type that's in your head with the game. One of my favorite characters that I normally do run is one of the characters that comes in the rule book. Uh, the dancer is one of my, and Angel is another one of my characters in our home game. And so, you know, dancer is a martial artist and also has some sort of Batman type deduction abilities, etc. Um, but martial artist is the main theme mm-hmm. of hers. Uh, Angel is a energy projector who flies. So, you know, you can do just about anything.
3: Yeah, she uses light illusions illusions to create the wings. Yeah, um, it uses the same attributes as castles and crusades. Strength, intelligence, wisdom, constitution, dexterity, charisma. Okay, you don't have to have (laughs) it in that order. Oh, you do, you do. Because that's a Holmes order.
0: <laughs>
3: um, <laughs> a four die, highest three. And we're in CNC, you have three primes, superpowers.
0: Oh, okay.
3: It's one superpower equals two skills equals three victory points.
0: Victory points? um
3: Yeah, the uh, skills are what you would expect, including primes. They are skills. Superpowers you can think of. uh There's not like a separate fire blast. Ice, blast, that sort of Mm -hmm. thing. You just buy blast, and you define how it comes across in the game. Skills, you know, they work just like skills in classes in C&C. Victory points, they're kind of like fate points, only they work a little differently. Point to automatically make any die roll succeed, die roll to fail, or if you're, like, doing damage or effect die, Mm mm-hmm those dice automatically without rolling but spend them before you roll dice
0: right so you can't say oh i rolled a 20 oh i'm gonna say that fails you you, you have to oh, make yeah. that decision oh, that beforehand. It.
3: okay i right you can't go well can i spend one and fix it no nope. not for that roll.
2: oh yeah you-, you can do it for your own stuff or you can do it for you know a villain who's about to attack you And if you don't want to take the chance that he might hit you, you can say, I'm going to use a victory point to ensure that he does not hit me. Or if it's something that you can't, you know, change that, you can say, I'm going to use a victory point to make sure that it does the least possible amount of damage.
3: Like an area effect or something, you know, where it's not a roll to hit, it's a saving throw. Mm -hmm. Okay, but it's going to the bare minimum die rolls of damage or effect Mm -hmm. is going to happen. So
0: so real quick uh can you give me that spread again you said it's three um uh superpowers to to uh, and, and a superpower. Yeah, three power slots right and a, um, and a power equals two skills and and a skill equals three victory points
3: one power slot equals either two skills or three victory points
0: got it okay and then and- um can you then, like, is there a limit? Can you be all skills? Can you essentially be Batman and you're just skills and no superpowers?
3: If you look at uh, Sherlock Holmes, for example, obviously he doesn't have superpowers. Mm-hmm. He has, you know, keen senses and such. But if you look at his, he, his stats are in the back of the rule book. This is lots of skills. And I think almost all his attributes are primes okay yeah oh you know you spend it on primes and that way you have a game rationale for a person like you know batman to hang out with superman you know because let's face it that's always been one of the biggest problems in superhero games Mm -hmm. and that has both of those in there and it still
0: works (laughs) and superhero stories (laughs) right
3: um
2: have a threat that yeah. is going to be equally threatening to both those types of characters and not kill one of them.
3: Right. <laughs> yeah. The old let's let's have a 8th level fighter go adventuring with a bunch of 1st level fighters.
1: Mm-hmm. One thing that I really like about Victorious is my wife is, is running us uh, through a few adventures for Victorious and my character is kind of like the Hawkeye of the group. He doesn't mm-hmm. look <laughs> or have any crazy... Um, Powers like shooting fire, or flying, or anything like that. Um, but he, I was still able to pick powers and skills that allowed me to do exactly what you just said. Having somebody there that's not a flashy superhero, but is still participating in being a member of a superhero team,
3: has value, especially if they load up on victory points and primes and such. Because, like I said, like Liz said, you know, as long as it's your round, you can use a victory point to help someone else.
0: You could even make a character like Domino, who's just extremely lucky, right? Mm-hmm. Just as get all can. victory points.
3: <laughs> even though, as but we all know, luck not
2: a superpower. <laughs> except
3: in Victorious, it totally is. On The other mm. hand, so is unluck. It, it's a it's a uh, shortcoming. So, which mm. is, by the way, how you how you get more powers is you can purchase shortcomings have weaknesses or enemies or that sort of thing
1: mike i really like how you put in the some dates in the victorian era and given us a a brief history lesson especially because here in the us like you mentioned in the book we don't really our civil war was going on during that time so we we miss out on a lot of that history that Mm. people in other countries get
3: uh and and that's my history degree kind of poking through I also point out, that is something I guess I should have talked about, is you know the concept of the fish-out-of-water character. It's like, you don't have to make a character from the steampunk era. Mm -hmm. If you want, you can make a 21st century superhero, who is just somehow trapped in the 19th century.
0: Reverse Captain America.
3: Yeah, and if you don't know much about the Victorian era...
2: And character!
0: Yeah, yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense to me.
3: That way, you know, because obviously as a a history professor, I like people learning stuff, but I know the worst way to teach somebody something is to force it on them. So, Mm -hmm. you know, if you don't really feel comfortable with a Victorian-esque knowledge, then dude, what's up, you know?
0: It is kind of funny how we kind of think of the Victorian age as a British thing. It's a, it's UK was Victorian age and everything else was something going else. It wasn't, you know, we uh-huh. think of it as a with a British accent a little bit. So I, I like that there's so many American options for the game.
3: Uh, in America, it's almost like it was the Civil War and the Wild West and then World War Two. <laughs> Talk much about World War One. Mm hmm. And, I do think you know, shows like
2: Downton Abbey has have started to change that a little bit.
3: Uh, a little, little bit. Um, I did like Copper, though. That was a fun. And that was something I, I wanted to give an appendix in to help people who wanted to get more into the era. I've always liked, you know, a recommended book. I've always kind of liked a mm-hmm. synopsis and why I should read this or watch it or whatever. Mm-hmm gives me a huge list of books and I'm like, well, half of these might suck. I don't know until I spend the time halfway into it and realize, hey, this is something I think is kind of crap or, (laughs) you know, so that's why I tried to give it an annotated. I did not want to read this. This is really dumb.
0: That's how I'm feeling about (laughs) Quag Keep right at this moment.
2: Hey, I love Quag Keep.
0: <laughs> I'm having a I'm I, having I, a hard time I, I, with it. <laughs>
2: Thirteen or so when I first read it, so maybe it wouldn't hold up if I read it again as an adult. <laughs> but when I first read Quag Keep, I really, really liked it.
0: I wanna <laughs> I wanna she... get through it, but yeah. I'm... It
1: sounded like you wounded her when you said that.
0: No, no. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> How dare you <laughs>
3: the time i was just thrilled to find a novel about dnd
0: oh sure yeah you
3: know i mean that was just so yeah this is awesome why do they have dice on their arms <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, weird. yeah i mean yeah
2: well why do we have the head of vecna <laughs>
0: <laughs> we don't i need to get through it though i, I mean I'm, I'm reading it i, I want to read it just for the historical significance of it obviously like there's there's it, it's interesting to me to read it um so yeah
1: i know attributes definitely climb pretty high in victorious
3: yes um victorious was put out before the ckg so it may not quite line up with the ckgs one that's because well there wasn't a ckg when this was designed so basically starting on 1819 it basically for every two points up beyond that it goes up an additional attribute point or a plus, you know, for a bonus. Mm. There is technically no top level, but most of them tend to top out around 25 to 28. Sounds pretty awesome, and it is <laughs> if you hit. Now, there's ways to get around
1: that. I mentioned the classes, and I think that's another important thing. Um, what I really like about Victorious is you can create your own character by picking through different powers and skills and primes. And doing it all customized like that, but you can also choose one of the character classes that already come kind of pre-built or or have the skeleton there for you.
3: Or half and half, you know, take the class Mm -hmm. and then just tweak it a little bit.
1: That's something that I really like about it.
3: I've I've rarely found people who want to play superhero games that don't already have a preconceived notion. And I'm going to go into a pet peeve here. I've never liked randomly rolling superpowers. Liked it. It's something Liz and I disagree on, and I,
2: just... I have no problem with random superpowers because I think that's very much, you know, it's like a character in a comic book when they first get their powers, they have no idea that they're going to be whoever the heck they are. You know, it's a surprise to them. So why shouldn't it be a surprise to you too in a game? I, I think that's kind of Spider-Man fun. Spider
3: Man doesn't have ice blasts, and and in say cnc you don't roll up your class randomly (laughs) no it just i I don't like it (laughs) it. well i mean i guess that
2: if you were rolling your dice put them where they went order that you rolled you would effectively be getting a random class at the end of the day granted there's not a lot of dms (laughs) that do that but, you know, that is old school right there. Saying like, I oh, can't I play a
3: foreign intelligence wizard.
2: Yes, that is exactly <laughs> what I'm telling you.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, I think there's a little, you got to kind of work onto why those powers work together. And so like, so yeah, Spider-Man, he doesn't know he's going to get bitten by a spider, but then all of his powers kind of make sense together. Whereas if you roll randomly and you get... uh ice blasts and wings and you go well, okay i am, i'm frostbird my character's name is frostbird <laughs> the, the mighty penguin i i i, I don't know uh, <laughs>
3: i can i can only fly by inflating myself into a giant ball <laughs> what's that got to do with spiders oh, never mind let's go with
2: it i would call myself snowbird
0: hey there you go
2: I would well, make it work.
0: Well, and then I mean, there are characters like Wolverine and Beast who have uh, multiple uh, deformities and powers from multiple sources. So, you know, I, I don't know. You could, you could, you could roll randomly in Victorious, I imagine, if you wanted.
3: <laughs> sure, if you wanted to. Um, I. Didn't put a table in there to roll randomly. I suppose I could I got a, stick. I got it an ink it. pen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, hey. And and that's something else. You know, people should say, you know, well, can I do this in my game? And and uh, by Victoria's game, and my first answer is, of course you can. It's your game. Of course, yeah, absolutely. Do whatever you want to with it. You paid the money. Do whatever you want to with it. Bend, fold,
2: spindle. If you're having fun and your players are having fun, then. You are not doing it wrong.
3: So yeah. Um, does any other questions come up? Uh, well,
0: I have a question about Victorious, and uh, I guess I would compare this to C&C. Uh, comparatively to C&C, is Victorious's mortality rate like?
3: There are three settings. Hmm. Grim, Gilded, and Grand. Grand is like super four-color, you know, Mm mustache-twirling villains and almost golden age of comics, pulpy 30s, 20s, teens type thing. You know, John Carter or Lord of Mars almost. I'd say John Carter's more like Gilded because Gilded is a moderate level where there's black and whites, but there's some issues of gray and lethality can happen, but it's more about getting defeated than whether Mm -hmm. or not then there's grim grim is dark lots of colors of gray and there's a, a relatively high mortality rate they high for a superhero game i mean right. obviously mortality in castles and crusades is going to be much higher
0: okay interesting the reason i asked is because we just talked about character creation and and my theory is if you have lots of steps in your character creation your game should be fairly low mortality and it seems like you uh uh approach it that way as well
3: exactly my my biggest nightmare was i spent 2 hours making up a palladium robotech character robotech <laughs> in the first 5 minutes of the game <laughs> Which i don't mind dying in the first 5 minutes but i just spent 2 right. freaking hours doing this character
0: exactly yes
3: uh. <laughs> um in Most victorious games, there's a difference between quote-unquote super mankind, super villains, and the Mm -hmm. neutral types, and mortals, which is just Joe Schmo. Knock a mortal down to zero hit points, they are dying, you know, there's the death door rules. For mankind, you reduce to zero hit points, they are considered unconscious, can be killed, but then you have to take another round to specifically administer a coup de grace, that's what you're trying to do.
0: Awesome. Okay. Uh, well, Jesse, do you want to uh, move us into the questions from the Internet?
3: Why do we drive in a parkway and park in a driveway? Oh, wait, not those kind of questions.
0: Sorry. <laughs> Why do we cook bacon and bake cookies?
3: <laughs> Why do we go to get ripped off at a place called the fair? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I got an email here. Um, Epi Camacho says, Hey guys, love the last episode, but Tyler was missed. Hope he's doing well. For Mike and Liz, Victorious is one of the only RPGs my wife will play, being the huge steampunk fan that she is. Thank you for creating it, and I'm hoping she gets into it enough to branch out into other games. CNC maybe? Love the Safe for Half podcast, and I always get more than a few good laughs listening. Hope to see you at North Texas RPG Con. Thanks again. Y'all are awesome. Keep up the good work.
2: Well, thanks. Thank you.
3: You see us at North Texas, come up and say hi.
2: Definitely. As I said
3: earlier, you know, Victorious is all Liz's fault. So, you know, hey.
2: Ah, I- yes. Um, but yeah, I started out with CNC first before Victorious was even made. So, true. if your wife Why, is true. listening, I would completely give CNC a try because it is a lot of fun too. You could maybe have your victorious character wind up somehow getting in a CNC campaign world and not knowing how she got there.
3: Nutty time travel situations. Pim particles. There. <laughs> <you. laughs> Game there. Gotcha. Great.
1: Now we're probably going to get sued. It was a good <laughs> <running>
3: episode. <laughs> Please don't sue us. <laughs>
0: All right, we have another question. This one's from Discord. Uh, A question about Victorious. What content could be used to enrich a Castles and Crusades or Amazing Adventures game? Uh, And you've answered that, I think, a little bit already, but do you have anything else to say on that?
3: Uh, I'm not honestly that familiar with Amazing Adventures. I I must admit uh, I've been doing a lot of stuff for Victorious and some other things i would say skill system if i do say so myself and i am a guy who normally hates skill systems
2: smikes will wax poetic about it on (laughs) say for half
3: (laughs) true it's true most game skill systems i can't stand and usually because they try to get too detailed if you really wanted to introduce firearms, some of the early firearms mechanics from the Hunter and Hunter catalog could be really useful. If you like doing Tinker Gnomes, be an excellent way of getting, you know, weird gadgets for them to inflict on. I mean, assist player <laughs>
2: characters with, you know. I think the gadgets in the Hunter and Hunter catalog, you could probably pull, you know, quite a few of them, you know, into an Amazing Adventures I think they'd be an even better fit with that than with CNC, although you could also use cool. CNC. But
1: I was kind of thinking that the, the powers, you could maybe even uh, mesh them with different items to create new magic items. You could also have it like...
3: The gadget stuff. rules.
1: Yeah, exactly. And and some of them could even be like curses too, you know, because a lot mm. of times that, that is a theme with superheroes, right? Like they, they get some something happens to them like the mm-hmm. Hulk, right? And it's it's seen as bad, and then it ends up being a source of power. Um, you could easily have one of your CNC characters or your Amazing Adventures characters cursed by some cultist or something, and, and one of the side effects is, oh, wow, now all of a sudden my character can do this.
2: Found a scarab or something, both and both now, now you team. can't get rid of it. <laughs>
3: uh, one of the guys in my home group runs a character named Glut, who is this gratuitous, grossly fat guy who has to eat six times food. It's a running joke. He always carries a salami in his back pocket.
2: Yeah, or tucked under an arm, you know, that he's Uh, got food always.
3: Always. his absorption. So the more he's struck, the stronger he gets. And as he gets stronger, the fat starts moving upward to muscle. So he kind of hulks out. Wearing off, it all just... (laughs) and it was a curse from a witch and even though it gives him his super mankind powers his running story in our chronicle is he is constantly trying to break the curse so he can go back to being normal
0: Hmm.
3: but yeah just stick that onto an item and yeah you'd have that that whole cursed aspect you were talking about
1: so so basically he goes from thor to fat thor
2: yeah pretty much
3: (laughs) A disturbingly regular basis.
2: <laughs> <laughs> or he starts out looking like Blob, and if you punch him enough, you know, he's eventually is going to have the physique of Superman.
0: The
3: whole
2: Yeah, and as it wears off, you know, he gets all soft and flabby again. Hungry. It's like a lava lamp.
3: <laughs> that's a, a real start to start your
1: morning right if you want to fit in your clothes and stuff you gotta go get hit by a car or something and then
3: <laughs> as you're walking down the street you're having to like jump into traffic or something to keep getting hit to keep everything fitting
1: fall down the stairs
3: <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's great you need to mention that to Alex Liz <laughs> oh, in the usual gamer roundabout way I hope we answered the question <laughs>
1: <laughs> alright thank you again for being on I can't wait to keep playing Victorious. My wife is running it. She's really into the game. She got to play with Tyler at uh, GaryCon. So it's something we're going to be doing more of. And again, thanks so much for being on tonight.
2: Thank you for having us. Yeah, and let
3: us know how the game goes. We, we I always like hearing how other groups run Victorious and how it works out for them.
2: Well, my character hasn't
3: died yet, so.
2: <laughs> always a
3: good sign. <laughs> and my
1: wife is brutal, so.
2: <laughs> I'm sure he didn't mean that.
1: <laughs> Why don't you say something, Carl? I always got to do the, <laughs>
2: the intro and the outro.
0: You do it just to you're the leader. Me, you're Leonardo. <laughs> I'm over here, Donald telling it up. I don't know what to say. I, mean uh, you just got to say bye at this point, Jesse. Thanks for listening. Okay. Bye.
1: I did in there somewhere.
0: Did- no, you said bye to them, but you got to say bye to the audience. There's a there's another person here with us right now. It's the audience. They're with us. Hi, audience. I can do it if you want, but I feel like that's weird. I feel like you're the leader. Yeah. You're embarrassing me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to. Sorry, I don't have those genes.
2: Fine, I'll do it. Awesome. Bye, audience. We loved being with you on this episode, and we hope that you will keep listening to the Crusader podcast. Well, that was sadly. not
1: a paid promotion. <laughs> <laughs>
2: being paid in free cnc <laughs> games at cons
1: <laughs> awesome all right thanks everybody and we'll see you again next time
2: york
3: <laughs> i have to you know that's my <laughs> thing
0: Jesse, is that any better?
1: Yeah, it sounds great for me. Mike, okay. if you can just whisper, save, or die for three minutes straight.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> no, no,
2: keep going, keep going. <laughs> no, Three not- minutes.